From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 439. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Uni Pizza Ovens. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How's your arm? <laughs> it's good. Are we tired of talking about this yet? No. Like, I feel like not, but, you know, no. uh, listeners are like, oh, my God, Brad's no. arm again. Ah. People care about you. You need to I understand know. that. Well, I'm trying to have fun with it. Let's be honest. It's it's. I'm trying to have fun while also trying not to get frustrated. As, like, I, I'm, as I think I said to you in the night that we were talking about it, that like even though it was difficult, the the avenue mm-hmm. for content here <laughs> for you personally is clear, <laughs> and you should embrace it. You know, learning to is. write with a different arm. I mean, come on, you yeah, could have just I done have... that anyway, and people would have enjoyed it. Yeah, and it actually might be better in that situation if i just decided to do it when both arms were fully functional because it's still hard to like type things up on a computer when i'm done or have these ideas and and just doing the work is still harder mm. doing this even though it's a great idea to do it does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah so but no it's going fine uh, my left-handedness is uh my left-handed writing's uh completely acceptable to me i thought i was going to be a lot more upset about it than i am it's actually completely usable for the amount of time i need to use it um i did try to mix in fountain pens because i think i mentioned in the couple shows ago that i'm i'm getting kind of upset that i can't use my fountain pens as much as i have before it's fun to experiment with the pencils but you don't want to you would never do that at the expense of not using other tools. And I think right. that's the difference, right? It's not that you're adding in a bunch of stuff. It's that you're being like forcibly needing to replace them. And, mm-hmm. you know, as human beings, uh, we get upset when things are taken away from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm on record as being, you know, whiny about this whole thing anyway. So, you know, I sit there and stare at something like my Leonardo, you know, Jonathan Brooks Stromboli, and not necessarily because of that, of how the pen looks. Of course, it's a lot that. But I know what that extra fine nib mm-hmm. feels like when I'm writing normally and how much I enjoy it. And I can't get that same experience now. And that's led to frustration. So, I, you know, I gathered up some of my fountain pens and tried to, you know, go through the same idea that I went with the pencils, like the wider, softer leads are working for me with wooden pencils so most of my inked up fountain pens are extra fines and you know sharp edge cursive italics and those just don't work for you know my handwriting's wobbly i haven't been doing this for my entire life like you right you don't have this i don't have a baseline sure of of movements for writing letters so i'm trying to learn how to do it with like these extra fine nibs and i was like this just looks terrible these pencils look so much better so I inked up, you know, some wider nib pens, like I inked up a Pelican. Funny thing about inking up a pen in the current state that I'm in right now, it didn't really go well <laughs> because I still want to do things the same way, the same handed orientation mm-hmm. that I've done them and trying to mix that up. I actually unscrewed the back side of the piston of the Pelican, which I have never, ever done in the entirety of my life because I was getting my directions mis- mixed up. And I was like, well, this is acting weird. And what's going on here? And I ended up getting ink behind the piston. So now I have more of an annoyance to clean up. Wait. <laughs> whenever. <laughs> what did you do? So you have a Pelican, right? Or yeah. you have a piston filler. So piston fillers are generally a separate piece. Yeah. Right? When they're installed. And so there's an internal threading, which you normally can't see. So if you twist it enough, the opposite direction of how you would use to use it to fill right the plunger yeah right if you continue in the wrong direction you will start unthreading the full mechanism right which would be how you would take it apart for servicing and cleaning yes yes so i started to do that while i was inking it up and i ended up getting ink in back in the behind Uh, the piston which was just stupid i can see that on the picture in your blog post yeah, I tried to hide it. I tried to cut it off because I didn't want to answer questions. I was like, look, I, it, I just did it. I'm going to have to take it apart and clean it out. But the thing is, I'm get, I don't want to clean it out right now because mm. that's annoying too. So like all my fountain pens are just sitting there and it's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, fountain pen 
learning how to write opposite handed fountain pens is not as fun <laughs> as I hoped. It's uh, I found I'm preferring I'm still preferring to write with pencils. Like I'm taking pencils with me everywhere right mm-hmm. now. Well, pencils um, are gonna, easier. They're way more forgiving. That's uh, the key, right? They don't it's gotta require be. to be held in certain ways. Like you know, I'm sure that you would have relatively similar. Um, experiences with like ballpoints and rollerballs like closer to maybe somewhere in the middle you know like these are the two extremes the pencils and the fountain pens would be in the two extremes for your capability right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah next up and the one thing i haven't tried is the wider refill gel pens like the 0.7 millimeters i haven't right. gone there yet i'm wondering that might be okay too so yeah we'll try uh, that for next so week. like what i think you are starting to realize is why, say, I especially like and liked way more thicker fountain pens, broads, yep. double broads, 1.5 stubs, and mediums mostly. Um, because as I was getting used to this stuff, and even still to a point now, it is a comfortable, much more comfortable, way more forgiving writing experience for a, mm-hmm. a left handed person who has a non standard grip right um because it, you know the, the the pen and paper are not fighting against each other so much because the nib isn't so fine that it's getting stuck in the paper right 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 and to to add on to that you said rigid i have a very traditionally rigid handwriting style right yeah. my handwriting style is not a flow it is it is lots of straight lines lots of straight lines mm-hmm. so you know, breaking that habit. It's like, I can't, I can't do that left-handed. It doesn't work as well, right? You got to have some of that flow and, you know, getting things like the medium, the medium nibs or the stub nibs with the rounded edges. Like, those are pretty cool. Like, I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I could use those regularly. I'm still not enjoying them as much as, say, the pencils. Yeah, I, I recommend that for the time being, if you do want to play around with fountain pens, uh, go medium or higher. It will give you a more... Um, more satisfaction, uh, less yeah, frustration. Unless, unless someone's coming in with like a very specific um, idea of how they want to write, we probably always tend to recommend a medium. Mm-hmm. I think Japanese medium's kind of the best sweet spot, even though, you know, European mediums is pretty good too. Sure. All right. Did you do any shopping after our gift guide episode last Still week? Still have a lot of tabs open. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I'm the same way. It's like I got, I pre ordered my my sand timer, right? My sand hourglass timer yes. from Gentleman Stationer. I got that in yesterday. It's really cool. It's already on my desk. I'm going to start using that. Uh, I have some ideas on how I want to use that. We'll, we'll explore that at, at a later date hmm. well, after, I, after I see how it goes. But I've got some thoughts behind why I wanted that other than, hey, that's a cool desk accessory. Hmm. Um, secondarily, we had so much good feedback from that, emails and tweets and people really enjoying it. And a couple of the items like the calendars that I was meaning to get that I haven't gone back to do is like, okay, that's sold out now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple things like that. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, you know, say thanks for all the feedback and thanks to Anna for doing that every year. It's always a hit. It's, it's just fun to do, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it seems like it's repetitive. Like we talk about this, you know, doing the podcast we have so long, like we've discovered things that are really good and they're really good for a reason. So when we talk about these things, you know, we might answer, you know, Twisby or retro or sailor for a lot of questions because they've kind of lived through this show and have proven to be like things that other people like when we recommend them. So, and then getting in Anna and us trying to figure out things that we don't normally recommend. That's my favorite part. So, um, yeah, I'm going to dig through it a little bit more probably tomorrow. And I need to like, everyone should be wrapping up their Christmas shopping ASAP. If you're having to order it, which I think a lot of us are this year. Oh, I'm so behind. Yeah. I, I got, I got it mostly taken care of yesterday. I have a few more, few more small things I, I, I need to think about and consider how it's, it's the not leaving the house thing <laughs> and wanting to go into a store thing that one thing that I've noticed is a lot of stores don't have like a, what I would expect to be a typical offering either. So you true, can see very the, the strains of production it's so like yeah. we typically 
for um, family members, I would typically go with like Christmas hampers and stuff. So it's like food and drink all packaged together in a nice little box, and you know, like it's it's like a nice little gift, especially for for those you know like the types of family members where like you don't really know what to get them, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the usual places that we would get this kind of stuff from, their offerings are like, what is like it's just not good, you know, mm-hmm. like they have way less than usual. So I just assume like it's, there's just a lot of strain in the production system across every industry, and mm-hmm. it, and it's in, it's interesting to see how that's kind of like appearing in weird ways. Yeah. So I had a similar situation. Um, give a shout out to a company called Rancho Gordo. Um, their owner Steve. Um, I don't know if he's a frequent pen addict listener, but he's a he's a sometimes pen addict, and certainly right now he's not because they are just overwhelmed for the holidays. And like I went to order some stuff last week, and they're they're just number one. Like they have like this huge note on the thing. It's like we're working twenty four seven, you know, three shifts, shipping all this stuff out, and we still don't know if we're going to get your order for Christmas. And on top of that, like everything is sold out like it's pretty wild so yeah that's the situation we're running Mm -hmm. into right now so you're you might have to do a little extra work uh shopping and if you're looking for stationery, listen to our gift guide episode from last week but it's hitting you know all industries where we would normally have a little bit more of a buffer Mm -hmm. we're not getting that this year let me tell you about a place where you can get some great products which could be perfect Mm -hmm. for you or somebody in your life this holiday season pen chalet they yeah. sell everything you're looking for from your favorite companies. Whether you want Pelican Lamy, Pilot, Sailor Caveco, and many more are an authorized dealer. They are, and they're adding new stuff all the time. New products from new brands. Every month they're putting new styles of pens, new products on the website. Which means that it's an offering that keeps growing, which means you should keep going back and checking. What I love about Pen Chalet is they have really great shipping. So they sell internationally. They have great shipping rates there. And if you're in the U.S. and you spend over $50, shipping is free. Pen Chalet have low prices on high-quality pens, and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. They want you to be happy with the products that you buy. And one of the things that will make you really happy is that the prices are so darn good. As well as selling pens, they also have the accessories that you're looking for. Whether you want inks, whether you want uh, carrying cases, pen holders, converters, they've got it all. So go to penchalet.com. That's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password penaddict to uh, get a code that you can save 10% on anything at any time over at Penchalet. That code's always available to Penaddict listeners when you go to the site and use the podcast link and enter the password Penaddict. And you'll also get uh, to feast your eyes on some special deals. Uh, Penchalet are running their final days of deals for Cyber Monday, even though today is is Wednesday, but we've got the final day of deals because Black Friday and Cyber Monday, they're more concepts than calendar <laughs> days now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, there's still a bunch of uh, great deals there for uh, the, let's say, holiday shopping sales period over at Penchalet. Mm. Yeah, so pro tip number one is when you put in the code PENADDICT, it goes in the radio podcast. Uh, click that link, not in the search bar, which is what I did first, Mike. So yeah, that did not that. work out for me. That did not That's work not for me. But now I'm on the magic page, and he has a real outlier at the top of the list, which Wait, is the Platinum. what? <laughs> he has the Platinum Azumo, which they I do not own one of these pins yet. And I'm not ready to spend the money on this now. This is like Nakaya level like pricing. But these pens are so well made, so well respected. When I go to pen shows, these are the pens I always pick up. And they're always fairly priced. This is as good a price as you'll ever see. If this is your splurge purchase, if you're if you're looking for something like this. Um yeah, I will say end up if with you're one of these. Splurge, you will be splurging double digit significant percentages less <laughs> yeah. than you otherwise would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was a that was an eye catcher. This has a as a bunch of eye catchers. I hadn't even made it down to the bottom. But you know how much we talk about uh diplomat and how good their qualities are? They have how good of quality of pens they are. They have two yeah. very different price points in here, a very good 
pens. So the Diplomat Traveler is a very, very good entry-level fountain pen. Like it's the great surprise gift to the person that you're not that you think is kind of starting getting getting into this. Like yeah. it would be a good starter pen. It's always well reviewed by you know all of the uh, stationary bloggers out there. They do a great job with that. And then the Step Up Diplomats, the Arrow, which we've always praised. I've never seen a price this low for the Arrow. And it looks like the entire Arrow product line, which they have some new like blue ones and orange ones. Well, the orange one's been around a while, but it's gone from like one or two colors to like 10 colors now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen the price uh, as 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 nice as it currently is. So it's I very cool. Shout out two things here. One is the uh, Lamy USA Independence Day edition, which I don't even think it was a product that I knew existed or I completely <laughs> forgotten about it because July was so long ago. But they've yep. got that on there for a good price. And if you go right down, they have a good price on their brass seals, like for wax seals. Yep. Um, and they have a selection there, some letters, some um, like designs. That just feels like a good holiday gift to me. Yep, brass, I was about like to mention that. Yep. And the pen right below it is the Visconti Breeze Ballpoint. The Breeze was real a real eye-opener from Visconti because they did these really bright neon colors. And the fountain pens did did pretty well and the ballpoint is something like you have that person in your life that would like this like wild orange or wild pink ballpoint pen these, who's not really into stationery. The colors They're of pretty these cool. pens do not say Visconti to me Mm-mm. at all. Yeah. I have never seen the ballpoint models honestly before right now huh. because uh, we reviewed the um, fountain pens and they were good. They're just the fountain pens were like a little over a hundred dollars, so like for Visconti was really a different price point. And uh, same with these ballpoints, points which are cheaper than that. So it's kind of cool. So this is a this is a deep deep list a today. So um, yeah, we can't cover it all. So make sure you head over to penchalet.com. Use the code penaddict in the radio podcast link and uh, profit. <laughs> Thanks so much to Penchalet for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. So I didn't go ham on the gift guide list because I had, I had bought a couple things here recently. I've actually bought a different pen that that's still in the way. We'll we'll save that for another day because it's in route from somewhere in, in Europe, undisclosed location right now. But this particular pen, the Twisby Golden Horse, which we mentioned, I don't know, a month or so ago. Um, kind of struck my fancy. This is one of those topics, Mike, mm. where this is like the ultimate Brad topic. I'm not sure that anyone cares as much about what this pen is <laughs> than I do for the, I, the, the idea of what Twisby did. So it was a limited edition that they did for, I want to say, I don't forget what it was, the, the Taiwanese um, Academy Awards, Academy Awards yep. or, or Korean Academy Awards. I forget which, which country, but you know, they just did the golden horse. So they made a set of pens for that. The Twisby Eco, it's a clear Eco with rose gold trim throughout. And when someone linked that to me, all I could look at was the piston mechanism in the Eco in the images looked like it was aluminum. And I had to know if that's what it was, so I ordered one. <laughs> and they weren't easy to get. Like, I ended up getting this one from Most Wanted Pins in Germany. Like, they weren't the easiest thing to get. And I didn't get it because I necessarily wanted the pen or wanted to use it. I just wanted to inspect it. <laughs> and confirmed, Mike, it looks like it's the it's the aluminum 580 mechanism. It's like, it's a rose gold metal mm-hmm. mechanism in an Eco, which then I have to ask, is it still an Eco, Right. You know, it's still got the eco shape. It's got the faceted cap and the faceted, you know, um, twist mechanism on the back end of the pen and the flat top of the eco and the clip design of the eco. So all the outside tells me it's an eco, but the inside tells me it's a 580, you know, at least on the mechanism. So I don't know. I don't know what else I have to say about that other than this is one of those stupid rabbit holes that I go into that I'm sure no one else cares about. But I find that completely fascinating. Like I have a standard all plastic eco right next to this pen, and I have a 580 with all brush 580 AL, which is all bl- brushed aluminum parts, and it's definitely the 580. Is there any benefit to having that mechanism on the eco body? No, no. Mm. I mean, it's not plastic. I, I mean, if you like that, like it looks cool as heck. Right. But yes. then like they're charging 80, they're charging as much for this pen, even though granted this is a limited edition as they're charging for the 580. 
Yeah, but again, as you like, you just said it yourself. Like, they obviously didn't make a lot of these, so yeah, that if they're going to sell them off, their the margins are going to be higher. Yeah, so it's very cool. I I really really like this pen. I'm going to give it away because I know I'm not going to use it. So like, I bought it just to inspect it, and knowing that I'll give it away, I was surprised it, it shipped with a midnight blue 18 milliliter bottle of ink in the packaging too. I didn't realize that was hmm. going to happen. So, um, it's awesome pen, and I guess. The reason also that I'm curious about it is because Twisby is prone to do these types of weird things. And I wonder, you know, like what's up their sleeve next, right? Like that's what I think about is like, well, you're you're making this eco crossover that's very expensive and it's using some of these other parts. Do you are you going to continue down that or is the eco just always going to be the plastic interior? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to anyone except me because I just I find it fascinating for some reason. And that's the answer I would expect. Yeah, there's not. I don't know what. I don't think we're expecting anything specific from this. Yeah, uh, no. But it's just one of my high horses that I like get on these like ideas that I can't horse. get out of my yeah my golden horse. I I can't get these ideas out of my head. Kind of like the next topic, Mike, which I want to explore. Hmm. Sailor B U, B U, not B U B B E. Y O U. Mm-hmm. It's not Sailor Boo. <laughs> it would be better, probably. Now we so, have a selection of tweets here um, yeah, that are written lot, in Japanese. A lot of tweets. And I've, I, like you, did my best to translate some of them and work out what uh, is happening here. And it seems like Sailor is participating in some kind of trade show or event. Mm-hmm. At the moment, and at this event, they have a, a booth, and at this booth, they are trialing something called Sailor BU, where they are allowing you to choose from uh, basically to choose from a selection of parts to build your own Profit Junior, mm-hmm. which is the budget version of the 1911. So it kind of, in shape, it's evocative of the 1911. And you can choose the finial, the cap, the body, um, the finial on the end, the grip section, the nib, and the clip from a selection of items and build your own custom Sailor Profit Junior. Mm-hmm. And they are calling this a test. Yeah. And if you look so, through the tweets, you can see some replies of people that have made them. And they've they've attached some images, right? So you get like a good idea of the build process when they're yeah. complete. How people have chosen different parts to make this. So this cropped up in my feed. Of course, I was very interested in this because this is like a dream scenario, right? Like, what if you could build a bear, but with sailor pens? <laughs> <laughs> and and do you think this... you get? Do you think you like you? you if you have you ever done build a bear? No. All right. So one <laughs> like of the not things even with about my kids, but. the Build a Bear experience is that they put a little heart inside the bear or the the animal uh-huh. inside the stuffing, and like I don't know if they always do it this way, but like they give the kid the heart which they can like hold or they can give it a little kiss or something, and then it goes inside the bear, right? Mm-hmm, so like, right. what are we gonna like kiss the converter before we put it in to the I mean, Sailor Build a Bear? Have uh, you met me? I. I, I'm not above this at all. No. Just right? you know. like sign my sign my name on the mm-hmm. on the converter and and hide it away forever. Give it a but hug. yeah, so <laughs> get a little smooch. Be you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the think of it in the U.S. market. If you're not familiar with the Profit Junior, like Mike said, the the entry level steel nib 1911, or if you look at the Compass that's available now, it's like a forty dollar translucent barrel. And I I have a lot of thoughts on this, uh, unfortunately, for you and everyone listening. <laughs> um, I want this to be awesome, and I don't think it's ever going to be. And I, I have a lot of reasons why. Number one, so what they, the as best as I can read in this translation, they took the original Profit Junior colors, which was like eight different colors or so. And like you said made a batch of parts and took them to this one particular show 
and allowed people to put them together. Cool. Awesome. You know, 40, I think it's around still around that price, like 35 to $40, I think is, is the price range that they're going for. Great. And I got to thinking about this. I really like what Bolograph did better than this, which is we talked about a couple of months ago in select Japanese stationary stores. They were sent a kit by Bolograph to build your own ballpoint pen. It has less parts than this, right? This is, I think, an overly complicated part setup to be mm. um, a long-term thing, right? So... You know, it seemed a little bit more simple. This one's a lot more complex, which it's cool, but I think, I really think this is a one off. As much as I would like Sailor to be the company that makes the build your own pens, I don't think a company this size will ever be that. And the the reason is, is the size. Like they're just too big and too successful to have anything other than like a traveling salesman full of sailor pro gears going to like trunk shows around the world. Like travelers Mm -hmm. does their notebook parties, right? Where you can customize everything and it's like Mm -hmm. a one shot deal. It's never going to be a retail item, which is more what I'm thinking of. And I don't think any large company can do like a full customized. Well, unless that's your business model and like, the thing, like, this is a great idea, right? How great mm-hmm. would it be, you know, we're going to give you a bin of parts and you're going to come to our event and you're going to do it, right? That, mm-hmm. you can't just be like, all right, we are this company and now this is what we do. Right. Right? right. Like, you can't just be like, oh, we're a company that sells these pre-made pens and we have our margins built in. And now also, by the way, we're going to roll this cart to your local store. And like you have to make like really particular business decisions to allow yourself to do this. So I think of Mm -hmm. like Lego, right? Mm -hmm. So Lego sell you kits, but those kits are pre-proportioned done. But when they open their own stores, They could have a secondary part of their business, which allowed you to go and buy singular parts of your own, build something in the store and leave with it. To my knowledge, like you can't go to Lego's website and be like, I want this one brick, please. Right. Like there is it's like it's a very different experience. Like it's possible for somebody to do this, but I don't believe it is very possible from Lego themselves for you to get any part you want or like I'm going to build my own thing on Leo's website and just say send this to me no like they have like a very specific part of their retail experience that allows for them to do that that they otherwise would not be able to provide right sailor can't just be like we're going to create an online configurator now and that's and go for it with trying to plug this into our existing business model this is not to say that a company could not do this with pens but I don't think that a company like Sailor can just be like, we're just going to do this as well now. Like, it's not mm-hmm. as simple as that because these are completely different businesses. Yeah, I agree. So Montegrappa is trying this. They have a build your own. Uh, it's a very high-end thing. That's another thing about so this. You, um, but you, you can go high-end with it, right? Right. So you go high-end, you can build the margins back in again. That's exactly right. And the reason why I'm having difficulty was with this is because I want this to be a pro gear builder, but that would also now be a five hundred plus dollar pen for what I'm asking for as you opposed what, to though, three thirty. I don't want that. I in the end, I I agree. Because like, that's why I, the reason, like, okay, so I do not trust myself to be able to put together a pen. That mm-hmm. would actually look good. Yep. Right? I feel like I am a good judge or I have my own tastes or my skills come from being able to see something and say, I think it might be better if we did it this way. What mm. I am not good at is just make it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So like I've had, this is something I think we were talking about this before. Like with my Twitch channel, I've been working with a new designer on some branding. When we started working together, I couldn't really give him any direction. 
But when we had some conversations and he was very talented and skilled enough that he could start building something kind of just from having a conversation with me. But once he started showing me stuff, I was able to, re then we were able to, then we were going, you know, I could be like, no, we should do it this way. What about this way? Or what if we did this? What? Like I need some kind of like base level. So saying to me, like, just go to Sailor's website and you could just mm. make any pro gear you want. I'm mm. never going to be able to make something I feel that I would like more than the additions that their very talented designers come up with. I think I agree completely, and which is a change for me as someone who wants to build all their own stuff all the time. And I actually don't want this from Sailor, <laughs> is what this project has made me learn about mm -hmm. what I want in pins. Now, yeah. and also I still want... all the really good stuff, the stuff that we really love, they wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to offer that. Right. And... I just think it would be detrimental to a company of this size to do this successfully. I don't think yep. it would succeed. Whereas smaller businesses can do this, right? Like your yep. smaller custom pin makers, they can they can you know to get an email from you and you can you know customize it from A to Z, and that's awesome. Which is why we like those things so much. I think like I'm off the bandwagon of wanting someone like Sailor, specifically Sailor, to have like a build your own expensive pin like a yeah. pro gear yeah um after seeing this like it's kind of set into me is like i don't think sailor would be successful doing this and i don't think i would enjoy it as much as much as like pie in the sky would be great i just think it would be unsuccessful and kind of unfun for me and you know that's what it's all about right my my fun and i like i'm not even joking saying that mm. right this is why i use the products that i use because they're fun for me and yep. you know, I can build super custom things from the smaller companies that I support and sailor keep making these awesome things that I want to buy every now and then and we'll all live happily ever after. So, but I will so, say I do actually support what they have done with this specific thing. But like yes. I could imagine anytime sailor goes to a pen show, wherever they go. And I know that mm -hmm. they do attend the occasional, american show part of their booth could be build your own profit junior and that yeah it's just a fun thing that i would go and do and i would give them my 40 dollars to do it and it's like oh i had this fun activity right right but that's very different to uh the sailor.com configurator tool you know right yeah like i was thinking like a muji there's a company i could imagine that could do this or like, you know, like I go back to that Lego example. Like there is maybe a route for even Sailor to do this if they had a distribution channel where it made sense. Mm -hmm. And again, like not to do like a pro gear, but to have a type of Sailor pen where you can go in and build it yourself, even if it is something like the Profit and it becomes a part of their product offering where someone can go in and build something and every now and then they could get a branded character of some description. You know, I could imagine like the Hello Kitty pen body that right. is also something you could go to the store and build with. But you, I think that it really has to, that would have to be an in store experience type thing mm -hmm. for it to really make a lot of sense. And Sailor don't have that kind, yeah. of, kind of model right now. Yep. There aren't many pen companies that do. Yeah, oh. exactly. The more I think about it, the more I think it's a bad idea, which kind of changes my opinion on, you know, let's let everyone customize all the things. I, I think it's probably a bad idea. In this situation so I, I just thought it was interesting to see oh look at this like they did try a thing yeah and uh like i'd love to see him keep trying but i don't think it's ever going to be like a grand scale type of thing and that's cool like you know I, like I'm there totally is good with that this is like a an old kind of steve jobs adage which i'm not i'm gonna butcher but like just in in the sense of like the customer doesn't know what they want all the time mm -hmm. you kind of have to change and give them something that they don't know that they want but when they see it they'll want it yeah and if you just listen to the customer consistently all the time you may give them something that is not ultimately yeah, what they, they want they think they want it <laughs> and, and you'll be out of business <laughs> yeah and you know what i can actually sympathize with that sometimes because like you know sometimes i get feedback about a show and they're like you should just do this thing and i know that would be boring. Like on the face of it, it seems like a good idea and I understand why somebody might want it. But as the person making the show, I know that like the actuality of that is not an interesting conversation 
within the parameters that it's been set. Right. You know? And so, yeah, it, it's like a funny thing where like, I mean, and I experienced this too of like thinking, oh, why don't you just do this? But I don't know the full background. And, and so it's like a similar thing of like you, you need the experts to actually do what they're supposed to do and then you end up with something that you want. But you as the person who doesn't really understand this stuff might not be able to and probably cannot produce something to their level. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd all just be turning our own pens in our backyards, wouldn't we? (laughs) Exactly. So, Sailor, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, we'll we'll keep buying them. Talking about backyards. Yeah. There's something even better that you can do in your backyard, which is make pizza. With the uh, the help of our friends, Uni Pizza Ovens. Uni is the world's number one pizza oven company. They make surprisingly small ovens that are powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. Uni Pizza Ovens are super easy to use and incredibly portable, too. They're going to fit in any outside space, and you could even take them over to, like, a a friend's house or a family member's house. You know, it's kind of like a good idea, right? Like, we we should all be spending time outside as much as possible, especially if we're going to be spending time with any family members. Wouldn't it be great if you rock up to that next family gathering with a pizza oven under your arm? Like be number one in the family. Mm-hmm. Uni pizza ovens can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius, which lets you cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. It's that high temperature that separates these pizzas from those that you make in a traditional home oven. One of Uni's most popular models is the Coda 16. This is a gas-powered oven that can cook up to 16-inch pizzas with an innovative L-shaped burner at the back that gives you even heat distribution for that perfect pizza. Uni's pizza ovens start at just $249, and they have free shipping in the US, the UK, and the EU, Um, as well as the Coda 16. They have loads of other models, uh, loads of great options. One of them is the Unikaru, where you can use wood, charcoal, or gas, so you're able to choose what type of pizza cooking method you want to go for. They also have a great app as well that can help you perfect your dough recipe and give you pizza making tips uh mr brad dowdy i know that you have an uni pizza oven in your backyard yeah so the best compliment i can give the uni is that we will schedule our meal planning around the uni because the kids want it me and uh mary beth my wife want it it's like when are we gonna do pizzas when are we gonna crank up the uni and it's so easy to do it's like well let's do it tomorrow (laughs) and so we'll get the stuff and make the pizzas and everyone's like it's it's funny when everyone gets their pizzas it it goes silent because everyone's just chowing down on these awesome pizzas so yeah i i love it i i am shocked at how awesome this thing is it's it's legitimately good and uh yeah i i i couldn't recommend it highly enough Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni pizza oven, which if you go for the code of 16, we up to $50 off. Just go to uni.com and use the code PENADDIC10 at checkout. They also make a great range of accessories, from peels to cutters to oven tables. An Uni could be the perfect holiday gift for someone special in your life. Uh, but Uni have said that if this is something you want to do, uh, order as quick as possible because they do expect to sell out before the holidays are over. <laughs> so act fast and maybe there'll be a holiday pizza for you this year. Uni pizza ovens are the best way to bring restaurant quality pizza to your own backyard. So go to ooni.com and use the code PENADDICT10. That's PENADDICT10 for 10% off. Our thanks to Uni pizza ovens for their support of this show. All right, Mike. You thought we were done with interesting, interesting, what did I just say? Interesting uh, Japanese stationary naming conventions with Sailor BU. You could not have been more wrong, Mike, because now via our friend Jacob at Food A Fan mm-hmm. on Twitter, he shared this link of a new, well, we'll figure out what this is, but it's from Pilot and it's called the Pilot I-L-M-I-L-Y. Do you know what I-L-M I-L-Y stands for, Mike. What is it? I love me, I love you? Uh, I like me, I like you. Okay. I read it earlier and I, <laughs> I it was close. So this is this is a product line called the Pilot, and they they spell it out. They, they use the uh, abbreviation I-L-M-I-L-Y, so it looks like Pilot 
uh, I'm Lily kind of looking thing. But I would say I, like I like me, I like il you. Il Millie, il yeah, il Millie, il Millie, the pilot, il Millie. So I would say this is like over the last few years, I've become more interested in Japanese culture in general, mm-hmm. and like of branding. This is very Japanese branding for like the kind of the stuff that I see, where it's like they they use English a lot mm-hmm. in these types of brands. Mm-hmm. And they would, and it's typically like a thing that in America and in the UK, you would never brand your company this way, right? But it's it's like the 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 English is used as a kind of like a cool thing, mm-hmm. um, and they they and as well, I see like a lot of the branding has this emotional aspect to it, which is also uh, feels like a little abnormal for how maybe things would be branded. Uh, in Western uh, countries, like this, like I like me, I like you, like mm-hmm. I couldn't really imagine that in an American brand. Hundred percent. Interesting. It's I, unlike the Sailor Bu campaign, which I thought was okay. Like mm-hmm. it seems fine, and I've changed my mind on this. I think this is fan kind of fantastic, just because it's something different from Pilot. Mm-hmm. Right? It, this is a lifestyle setup. Like I doubt we will see this in the u.s market right this is not made for markets outside of japan and probably taiwan maybe south korea this looks Um, very um instagram mm -hmm. you know like they're they're clearly going for the aesthetic generation Mm -hmm. here with a lot of these products i think like i absolutely want these gel pens they look like they're pilot joys uh excuse me pilot joys i was thinking uh, paper mate joys pilot juices juice by the barrel shape, but they're very pastel colors. Yes. Um, they look cool, a little bit neon. I'd be interested to see what they really look like on the page, right? They might be a little bit light. Or maybe that's just the style and actually the the, the appearance and the ink color is actually darker and readable. But my, my biggest question is, like, how, is this like a sub-brand? Is this a pilot brand? So the best answer I could get off that is the in the most recent post... They, the post that's called report. And we're looking on their Instagram feed, and this is the only place I have it. They have their in-store display, and it's got pilot kind of all over it. So it, it's definitely being brought out as a pilot brand, um, which was my question before, is is pilot going to have anything to do with this by the way that they've made like their own account for ILM, ILY? Um, so yeah, it is, it is heavily pilot branded, which is, is good. Uh, the only thing I found weird on the Instagram, Mike, is every image is like an image of a product and then the second image is the i like me i like you <laughs> logo. Well, i, I mean, found that is, weird as i was bouncing mm, through <laughs> i don't find that so weird i i can uh, see that as like this is like a it's like brand awareness yeah because with the way that instagram works mm. if you don't like the image and it's a carousel image mm-hmm. the instagram if you're refreshing will serve you the next image in that carousel mm-hmm um, and so I guess for them, the brand would be shown a lot that yes. way. Which would be annoying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I, this is going to be, this is like the, this is an influencer brand, right? Like I, like I said, I don't know that we're going to have easy access to this stuff, uh, nor should we. Um, this is very, very, um, you know, Japanese um, centric um, it, I think it's going to do extremely well. Like, I, it just looks really good. They, whoever put this together, did I think a really, really good job. Um, and you know, I'd like to try the gel pens. That's about the extent of it. Like, I really don't need the the notepads and the, you know, the different things like that. But this is the first thing when I saw it, without seeing it was Pilot, I thought it was Kokuyo doing something because they really do these kind of a. Uh, more like put together like campaigns that we don't normally see in the u.s because they're they're as we've learned over the years of the show they're actually a giant giant brand um over in japan maybe even bigger than pilot and you know i'll see them put these combinations of like pens and folders and paper together mm. so uh i find this super interesting um and i, li- I kind of like it i'm shocked to say that i kind of like it. it's pretty cool next up mm-hmm the bullet journal, Mike, is back with a new notebook, which I just found out yesterday. 
And I don't really keep up with the bullet journal stuff much. Um, but I do keep up with what Ryder is up to because I find him to be very, very interesting. And Ryder Carroll, creator of the bullet journal system, uh, that then got co-opted and turned into something completely outside of his control. <laughs> right? And I fair to say? Fair to say. And I think this is a real opportunity opportunity for him to reimagine his original vision of the bullet journal. So we're looking at the notebook itself for the bullet journal. So when, mm-hmm. when they originally came out, when Ryder did his original Kickstarter, he collaborated with Lloyd's term, they built out a bullet journal and, you know, based on Ryder's designs and ideas on what the bullet journal should be. This one, as best as I can tell, Mike, I'm not sure how much you read in the article. Ryder did a completely awesome build article, which I know, Mike, you probably got a lot out of. I have read it. I want to read it it in significantly more detail. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) It's it's deep in the best way possible for someone like Mike and myself, like when people are making like stationary. Like literally the first segment goes into the belly band of the book and as soon as i saw that i was like well if this is how we're starting i know this is going to go well (laughs) so that that was my initial reaction so the idea as best as i can tell without talking to writer about this is this is a hugely upgraded setup for the notebook but with things you that are not readily apparent right it's not restrictive and it's not rules based right the bullet journal is always about how you make it it's got your you know your instructions and your ideas on how to put things together and it comes with stickers you can you know do your months and things like that but it's really about the paper how it's kind of subtly it's just a basic a5 dot grid notebook but it's got these subtle areas that you can make into what works best for you and i i really like it i'm going to order one of these not because i'm going to bullet journal but I want to see it because it looks very well designed. Um, I don't know who's making it. It doesn't look like it's a Leuchtturm thing anymore. It looks like he rolled his own. Um, do you get that same kind of feeling from this? Yeah, because he doesn't mention any brands. Yeah. The only thing so he mentions about I, I the paper. that, that he, he, is, he has worked to create his own. Yeah. So the paper is 120 GSM, which is super thick. And I'm very very curious and he's doing that because of how a lot of bullet journalers will load up their page with ink you know they might not just necessarily be a ballpoint pen in their notebook right they're using washi tape they're using markers they might be using watercolors for decorations like there's infinite ways that bullet journalists use these notebooks and he's providing a paper that should capture that i'm more interested in the effect of that weight of paper in the notebook. You know, maybe it's more like the sketch note journal, which uh, our friend Mike Rody Rody uh, made with airship notebooks, which I really, really enjoy. Like I could see it being something like that. I want to get this in my hands to see what that feels like, because that's a, a pretty drastic change just in paper weight. Um, well, but it should know, be good. I, I will again. <laughs> <I'll speak laughs> hey to Mike, some, <laughs> some level of authority these days. What, I have learned throughout a very extensive paper testing process over the last few months. Sometimes the best way to get a paper which will perform um, is to just go thick. Totally. So you know, there's trade-offs. You know, there's a yep, balance. There are. Right. There are. So you're trying to answer one question. Writers trying to answer different questions. Yeah, I, I think that you make more people potentially happy with a thicker paper. Uh, because you can, um, you you are able to account for many different use cases. Agree. Is what I'll say on that. Agree. Yes. So, like, this seems to be like a good choice. So, yeah. basically, I'm interested in getting getting one of these in hand, testing it out. Um, you know, I just really respect what Ryder has done and how he's he's taken this uh and, and ran with it so maybe we'll have to figure out how to talk to him about this this book design once we get it in and, and pick his brain about making things because that's always a challenge 
Yeah. Yeah, I would like one too, but I just went to his website and uh, shipping was $70 (laughs) to the UK. Seven zero? Yeah. Mm. Well, do you want me to order you one? Because I still have stuff to ship you. Like I have, I still owe you a pen that I don't have any inventory of, so I could just order you one. And then ship yeah, it when I ship that. you, like, my next package to you. Yeah, I think the issue is, I mean, I've, I've seen this so many times, right, with stuff. It's just, like, mm-hmm. depending on how new you are, uh, how mm-hmm. many things you're shipping, you end up with flat rates mm-hmm. available to you. And I assume this is just the flat rate addition, the shipping that he has avail- availability of. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you would like to, I would appreciate it if you could get one for me and ship you it to me sometime or, within the next blush. six months. Uh, black, please. Yeah, see, I cut you off before I really I know you, you did. Dig. You knew what I was going to say. <laughs> but I would just say, right, like, I am incredibly jealous of this notebook mm-hmm. because the level of design that goes into into this thing is astounding to me. And mm-hmm. it is so luxurious looking as well. There's, like, a lot of, like, superfluous foil stamping, which is just so beautiful. <laughs> Um, I and I look at this, and this to me is like, I aspire to this mm-hmm. for my products in the future. Like to this. Well, let's level. get it in hand first. Well, okay, yeah. So let me say the. Vi- I but don't know what right the quality now, is, but what yeah. I'm talking about is like these additional um, little touches. Yes, you know they're like things that I hope to be able to do one day. And right. so, like, you know, you have the new version of the theme system. Yes. And so you are able to see that I, th- I feel like I've taken steps in that direction. It's a huge step up. Thank you. So, again, we will talk about this very soon, mm, actually, on yeah. the show. Right? Yeah, we'll have to do this soon. Within the next couple of weeks, we're going to okay. talk about this in more detail. Um, but I still want to take it further, uh, but it it requires experience and scale, right? Like he's only able to do what he's able to do here because he, he's had years of selling the original one, right? Right. So right. he knows his scale. Hey, so, Mike, guess what? Well, I got free shipping. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah. So I ordered three, one for me, one for you, one for the people of the pen addict to give away. Um, because that's how I roll. So when I get these in, so that'll probably be like early next year when I slot mm-hmm. in this giveaway. But um, we'll uh, we'll do that. But yeah, international shipping continues to be. We're in, we're in a tough situation right now with international shipping uh, going both directions. So yep. All right. So those are ordered. Uh, I'm 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 interested in the design of this. Um, it looks great. Uh, you can tell there was a lot of work that went into it. So yep. uh, yeah, looks good. Yeah, and as I said, I look f- I look forward to the day when I'm able to like go to the next level, which I think is a way away. Like so, like, the journal that we have now, funnily enough, our second edition journal, it is made to be around for longer than the first one. Like mm-hmm. I imagine this product is a couple of years staying the same, but I do also have like aspirations of making a more premium version just for fun, you know? Well, yeah, I, I think about that with knock that we've definitely improved our case designs, our case quality and our manufacturing. So now like I, I think about what's the level up from there. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're, I think that's what you're saying is like, mm-hmm. like I feel like there's something there. Yeah. Cause our like first edition product, it was from the beginning. We said like, it was a, the first edition of the theme system was a proof of concept. Like mm-hmm. I called it a beta for a while, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was because I wasn't even sure of the first round, but people took to it and understood it easier than I thought they would. Um, and so we ended up then starting to like really take the time to work on what a new version would be. Like what does it need to make it um, better? And the thing that I was pleased about is I actually didn't need to make any changes to the system itself because I, I, I that was the one thing I wasn't sure about. Like, will people get what I'm trying to do here from a system perspective, not from a product perspective? Right. And that didn't change. That's exactly the same. It's now just like 
the way that the pages are laid out and the materials and the way it's made is different. But, you know, I would love to be able to in the future make a, you know, some kind of seasonal edition or some limited edition or whatever, but it requires, it requires this second edition, which is coming soon, and we need to see what happens then. Because yep. for a lot of people, you know, they may have been waiting and we're also hoping that we'll be able to keep these like in stock differently to the way we cut them in stock before. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a lot to, there's a lot I'm going to learn over the next few months, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's hit some Ask TPA all right. this week. Wrap these up. I think these are all pretty short. We can, I think we can knock out the whole list here. Okay. All and right. We'll get into this, get into a few of these. All right. Um, I'll, I'll take the first one because and I'll let you read the second one for, for good reason. So uh, first one from my good friend, Sarah at Inkwell Monster. Why are some markers and highlighters so much louder than others? My current highlighter sounds like it's shrieking at the page or is that my soul? So I, I just put in this question because I think it's hilarious. It is very true. Squeaky. That you get some markers that just screech across the page and mm-hmm. I wish I knew a good answer. I think it's the more of the plastic fiber tips where those particles are will move, right? So they're moving against the grain a little bit more, which causes whatever shrieking is happening. And then other pens handle that a little bit better. Either they're packed tighter at the tip or, or something, but man, it, when you get it, it, it can, it can freak you out, but I don't know the exact reason, but, um, Knowing Sarah, I'm assuming she has a set of recordings of the different screeches and shrieks. So um, I would like to acquire that one day from her, Sarah. So work on that. You can send those directly to Brad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't particularly want to hear the shrieking of the pens. That kind Mm. of thing makes me feel terrible. Like It's like, ah. All right. So the next question comes from Sarah Beth Hunt. All right. This is well. This is a selection of questions. <laughs> all right. Yes. You got to bear with me here, everyone. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. Question one: Which is correct, an mnib or a mnib? So if you're writing this down, mm-hmm. an or like you would say, an medium nib mm-hmm. or a medium nib. Yep. So this is something I deal with all the time, and Sarah sent me this, and I just cracked up because, like, I don't necessarily. Think think about this directly but i think about it a lot in that i tend to write out the full name to avoid (laughs) this so i will always say a medium nib in the full word of medium if i oh no you're jumping ahead here there's additional questions (laughs) that i haven't gotten to that that cover that well Uh, this is when written down okay right when you're writing it in your articles are you an medium nib or a medium nib? An M nib. An I'm answering the M first nib? question. Yes. I am writing with, damn it, <laughs> which is correct. An M nib or a M nib? I go A. I don't like an. I very rarely use an. I don't care if it's correct. It just always feels clunky to me. An M nib. I th- See, I think if I did it in this context, this is why this question's so good. I because I'm really uh, but when not I say it out loud, person. now I'm like, yeah. oh, now see, I'm I'm ruined. Forget everything yeah. that I said. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think it's an M nib. I guess it's an M nib, right? Immediate. Yeah. But see, if I'm doing the M, an M nib, a a medium nib, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's how I would say it or write it. When you let's see, go to question two. Yes. Yeah, when you see quote M nib. So capital M space N-I-B. Do you read M-nib or automatically translate it to medium-nib in your head? I read it M. I read it medium. God dang it. (laughs) Because I find myself, I catch myself all the time because I don't like saying it that way. Because I I do say it that way. I'll say an M-nib, a B-nib, an EF-nib, an XF-nib. You know, I say that kind of stuff all the time. Mm. But when I'm reading it, like if I was just reading it and like reading the sentence as it's written in the doc, I say 
MNIB in my head, not medium nib in my head. I read it as M. <sighs> I told her I love this question I so much. I think what this question <laughs> just goes to show for me is people don't know what they do. They just do what they do, you know? I'll tell you the, the one thing to to drive that point that you just said home is I will tend to use EF when I'm writing about extra fine nibs, but I'll tend to spell out fine, medium, and broad. Like that, that, like that, like I'm saying that to make it any better. I'm not. I'm saying it, uh, that makes it worse. But I tend to write EF, then I will write the word fine, the word medium, and the word broad. But for extra fine, I'll write EF. I, I can't explain why. Because I think EF makes more sense than M, F, or B. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> All right, we're just talking in code at this point. AJ yep. Gaming asks, I want to bet for a pen. I get a budget between $100 to $200. Do I get a Vanishing Point, a Falcon, or a 3776? My current fanciest pen is a Twisby 580. First off, what was the bet? <laughs> right? What was the bet? Yeah. And this was a few weeks ago, so AJ may have already made a decision. I totally missed this question. Like, I didn't even see it in the doc here. We should have gotten back to him earlier. But yeah, I want to know the bet? the bet, AJ. We should bet on something. You'd probably win. I don't know. Depends what it is. Hmm. Yeah. We'll so what would you recommend out of this list? I would go 3776, <sighs> personally. It's my favorite. Current fanciest pin is a Twisby 580. This is legitimately hard because those pens are so different. It would actually are, be easier right? if they were more similar pens mm -hmm. to pick the one of those similars out together. But I find these three so different, which is why it's a question. Um, wow. I, I'm usually not the hemming and hawing guy. Sorry. So here's my thing. Falcon is... Mm -hmm. A Falcon's number three taste. for me. It's between Vanishing Point and 37. So yeah. I'll, I'll and grant you that. I I think that I think the Vanishing Point's a bit of a a bit of a leap. I think I'm gonna go with 3776. I think you're gonna get a great writing well, I know you're gonna get a great writing experience, and I think mm -hmm. might be the more logical next step. Yeah. I agree. 3776. Tony asks, Japanese pens, do you peel off the stickers? Always. Always. Except vintage, where I worry that I'm going to, like, it's going to look bad, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if it's been stuck on there for 40 years, I'll probably just leave it stuck. That's very few and far between. Modern pens, 100% all the way off. Same with uh, yeah. New Era hats. Yeah, that was the secondary part of the question. Yeah, I don't, the stickers... No stickers, stickers are supposed to come off, otherwise it would be on yeah. the pen. Yeah. So. Yep, and stickers off. Nick asks, should I refill my empty Sailor cartridges, or is this a pain compared to just using a converter? So, in general, yeah, it's totally fine, but I think Sailors are the worst refill cartridges because they have the widest opening, and that tends to break down a little bit faster than say like a short international like a Kaveco cartridge with just the little tiny opening seems to be a lot more solid um sailor is my would be my last choice to refill an empty ink cartridge with but i get why you want to do it because sailor's converters are kind of not great but i i don't have a ton of faith in constant usage of a sailor cartridge to continually um attach and, and disattach and refill so there you go that's that's my take on that i'm pro refilling cartridges i just think sailors would be tougher than the rest to mm. stay consistent brad how can people send in rstpa questions for the show 
hello at penanic.com or on Twitter, send myself at Dowdyism a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA. You don't have to it. send it to you. You can just throw it out into the ether if you oh, want Oh, yeah, to. throw it out in the ether. The, the ether uh, script catches it. Mm-hmm. Same as if you're a Relay FM member and you're in the Relay FM members Discord, you can just use the command question mark AskTPA anywhere in the Discord and it will get added to our list as well. If you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com. Go to knock.co, spokedesign.com, all great places to go and find what Brad's up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on Instagram, Brad is penaddict. And on Twitter, he is at dowdyism. Brad streams live on Twitch every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can catch me on Twitch this Friday. On uh, what is Friday? Friday is the 4th. 4th. Uh, I'm going to be streaming at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, working on some awesome. keyboard stuff over at Mike.live. And come and hang out if you like. And I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much to Uni and Penn Chalet for the support of this week's episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>